0: Marketing requires experimentation, but you need solid ideas to base your experiments on. I'm Laura McPherson, an on-demand content strategist and writer working with SaaS marketing teams across the US. In this podcast, I interview successful SaaS marketers who share the strategies and tactics that are working for them right now. We get specific and actionable so you can get inspired and use their ideas in your own marketing. Here's what's working now. If you're a fan of podcasts, you're not surprised to see the growth in their popularity over the last several years. And SaaS marketers want to take advantage of rising listenership. In this first episode of Season 2 of What's Working Now, we're talking about how SaaS marketing teams can use the podcast format to build brand affinity, grow pipeline, and increase marketing sourced revenue. I am thrilled to bring you Devin Reed, who is the head of content strategy at Gong to share insights from their success with the Reveal podcast. All right, Devin, I am so happy to have you on the show to talk about podcasting.
1: Likewise, it's one of my favorite topics.
0: Awesome. So, I mean, I feel like, Probably everyone in SAS knows Gong. You guys are all over the internet. <laughs> but for those who may be new to you um, or new to Gong, can you share Gong's elevator pitch and also just tell us a little bit about your role there as head of content strategy?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I'll I'll put the caveat: is it's a dangerous game to play to assume everyone knows who we are uh, in in SAS. I, I might be I might not need marketing at Gong if that were the case, um, but. <laughs> Yeah, so we're a uh, we're the leading revenue intelligence platform. Uh, what that means is that we help salespeople be more effective and go-to-market teams be more effective. And so the way that we do that is we automatically capture all of the different sales interactions that happen. Uh, when I say sales, I mean customer success, uh, account managers, BDRs, support reps, anyone client-facing. And we capture all those interactions like phone calls, uh, emails, web conferencing meetings, and even in person when that used to happen and when it happens again. And what we do is we start to showcase to revenue leaders what's really happening on these calls so they have visibility, and then also what's working and what's not at scale. So we're both a coaching platform and a analytics and strategic platform for go-to-market leaders. Nice. Um, my role is uh, I actually joined Gong in 2017 as a sales rep, so I was a sales rep before my current role in marketing, and I joined when we were about 12 employees in the States and 40 globally uh, as the second sales rep. I was on the sales team for a couple of years, helped uh, kind of grow out that playbook. We moved into you know segments like SMB, mid-market, and enterprise. Uh, I drew the mid-market card. Um, and did that for a couple of years, and then I moved over to marketing, which was literally picking up my desk, walking across the floor of the office, and setting up shop in a marketing pod, uh, where I was a content strategy manager. Did that for about six, seven, eight months. Hired my first content marketing manager, uh, and have since been, you know, growing the the team uh, and the content engine since then. And so now it's myself with uh, four marketers that work with me. Uh, and we're responsible for brand building and pipeline gen, um, specifically sales research, social media, email marketing. Uh, we contributed to the event content uh, and a few other hats that I, uh, I keep and use in the closet.
0: Nice. Awesome. And you guys are doing a great job, like I said. Today, we're talking about podcasting specifically as a marketing tool and You guys have been really successful with the Gong podcast, Reveal. And I would love to hear about the strategy behind the podcast and how it functions in your overall marketing mix.
1: Absolutely. So the podcast sits at the very top of our funnel. So it's the most top of funnel content that we have. And the way we created it was actually kind of funny. So I had initially pitched um a podcast to Udi our CMO a couple years prior to launching it um of which he was like that sounds good and all but no thanks mm. but there is this uh new feature called LinkedIn live why don't you and Chris Orlog, who at the time was our uh senior director of product marketing who also ran a lot of our content marketing uh why don't you all do a live tv show instead you know on LinkedIn Uh, To which I blinked a few times after having the deer in the headlights, uh, you know, (laughs) look because here I was pitching a pre-recorded audio uh, content format and I ended up doing live video, which is very different for anyone. uh, Yeah. Um, So we did that. That was Gong Labs Live. We ran that for a while. And then later, the opportunity to launch the podcast actually started, which was when we launched Revenue Intelligence, our category. And so that was in October 2019. We had a lightning strike event, which was the Revenue Intelligence Summit. It was our first um, hosted industry conference. It wasn't a user conference. It was it was thought leadership and stuff for clients uh, over in San Francisco. And so what we did was we knew we were going to have these great speakers, m- many of who we paid to be there. Um, and we were like, why don't we, you know, after we get them on stage, just do a quick 15-minute interview. And we're going to make those three interviews the first three episodes for the podcast. And so the goal of the podcast was to evangelize revenue intelligence and provide thought leadership content uh, specifically to senior leaders who would be making the decision ultimately to purchase Gong or not. And so we had folks like uh, Patty McCord from Netflix. Uh, she was the chief people officer. She's fantastic. We had uh, Ed Kalman, who was the CRO at Seismic, who's a client and a partner, uh, and Mark Roberge, who was the former CM, uh, CRO. Over at HubSpot, and so those were the three episodes that we used to launch, um, and then from there we turned it into an interview style format where myself and Sheena Badani, uh, who's the senior director of uh, marketing and our category designer, we bring on you know the best and the brightest to use a bit of a cliche, but really these phenomenal sales leaders and revenue leaders onto the show, pick a topic to go really deep on, so it provides you know actionable insight for our audience. And then we also add a lens of, of revenue intelligence, which is the data, right? So, like, how do you measure certain things? What are some insights you glean from data? So we're, again, providing this really useful content, but we're also evangelizing uh, the market as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. So, as you mentioned, you know, the podcast itself is about operating based on data, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just guesswork. Can you share how you guys are using data to you know, align what you cover in the episodes with your audience's interests.
1: The way that we make sure that the point of view of the company, right? Which is, uh, using uh, data instead of opinions is to ask those questions of our guests, right? So for example, someone, uh, the CMO of, uh, IBM or one of them, cause there's a few came on and was talking about how to use reference conversations, uh, in a sales process right? So how to kind of use some, what typically is a marketing social proof point and a sales process. And so, you know, we're, we're unpacking that. There's a lot of takeaways. And then I'm like, okay, that is, that's all great. But like, how do you measure that impact? Mm -hmm. Right? So how do you actually look at, you know, whether it be a dashboard or a report or something and actually know that it's working or not, or maybe just other, you know, maybe not outcome-based, but just, you know, measuring the fact that it's occurring, right? So it's really just taking a lot of these Uh, tactics or strategies that sometimes, you know, people assume work or are really kind of elusive and say, okay, but how can you kind of get a data related outcome there? How are you measuring that? And then what's the impact on your business, right? So it's almost like a mini discovery call of like how revenue intelligence could help them, but we're not pitching at all. And then we don't ask any clients to specifically say they use Gong, it comes up organically, great, you know, but we're really focused on that. And then this other element that Sheena came up with was uh, these mini segments in the episode. So there's two of them. One is a micro action. It's at the very end of the episode. We just tell people, you know, hey, based on what you heard today, here's something you can go do with it. But for the data aspect, uh, we call it a data breakout. So somewhere in the middle-ish of an interview, there's like a little you know musical cue, and Sheena and I, uh, one of us, will record a little data breakout, which is where we look at third-party data, you know, surveys, reports, analysis, and sometimes Gong Labs data, which is our proprietary research, and to support that conversation. Right? So someone might say something about, you know, hiring is the most important thing, and here's some stats, or, you know, they're kind of just conversational. We'll kind of pause that conversation and go look at some data, bring that into support, or to sometimes, you know, kind of just add to the conversation, even if it doesn't directly support the point that the guest was making.
0: Nice. Yeah, and podcasting is the perfect format for that. I mean, you really get to dive in and like you said, it's a great opportunity to talk to people who, you know, are your prospects.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It really is. And what's cool too is you can use it to uh, you know, if there's influencers out there, right, in your in your industry, you can get them on the show. They'll share your podcast so you get some marketing that way. You can bring prospects that you can't get a conversation started with or you're trying to you know, it's really hard to get a CRO of a publicly traded company to take a 30-minute discovery call. It's surprisingly a lot easier to get them to dedicate an hour to build their brand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because there's something directly uh, in it for them. And so that's been really successful. And then, of course, bringing in clients who want to be more involved with our company because, you know, they really enjoy the team and the, and the software we provide. Uh, and it also helps kind of just get another meaningful touch point, you know, Come renewal, come, upsell, anything like that.
0: Yeah, well, so that's interesting. Let's go ahead and jump then to the, the results that you're seeing. Um, the impact. Attribution is hard, especially with top of funnel initiatives that are you know really designed to build brand affinity, which is what this is. Um, but you know, you mentioned several of the results that you're seeing. Can you talk a little bit more about that, the impact um, that the podcast is providing?
1: Absolutely. And anyone who's involved in podcasting knows that uh, despite being data focused, there's not a lot of data to be had. Mm-hmm. Spotify and Apple uh, run the podcasting world and they give you pretty high level stats. You'll see you know, maybe some demographic information like where f- folks are, maybe an age, age range um, and their gender. But You know, I don't get to unfortunately see, you know, did a VP of sales at a target account, you know, did they listen? Right. So Mm -hmm. there is a a decent amount of faith involved in that. But there's other things you can look at, too. So uh, first, of course, you know, you can see, you know, listens, downloads uh, from Spotify, Apple and some of the other players. Um, What we've decided to do is track interactions, what we call interactions across all these channels. Now what those are is any listen on Spotify or Apple, uh, streams on YouTube because we record recorded video and then upload. Um, and then we also purchase casted. I'll get into that in a second. So our goal is just to say, Hey, across all of these channels, are we getting more people to listen month over month? Right. Because that's a great signal that you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Casted also is this really great company that they're doing a good job. And there's a, there's a long road in my opinion, but they're leading it is putting another destination instead of spotify and apple sending people to cast it where they host your audio podcast and if uh, you connect it to marketo and salesforce you can start to see hey are some of our known accounts and contacts engaging with this content if so how much and then you can do your own mql magic on the back end to decide how much that's worth to your organization um, so we use a little bit of all this and it's still a very you know as you know a very new medium for b2b um, but that's how we're starting to do that. Um, the biggest impact has been a, a closed deal, mm-hmm. honestly, and that was from getting a you know an ICP uh, onto the podcast, and we got a VP of Sales who hadn't talked to us before, and had her talking. Uh, had her. She landed on the um, the topic of customer voice, and that was her decision. So you know we didn't you know we didn't spoon feed that, and so we had this great conversation with her. And at this one point, she says. You know, hey, the customer voice is the most important thing to me. And she goes on to describe why and, and how important it is. And, and I'm like, great. So what I did is when the podcast went live, I, t- I uploaded it to Gong, right? So it's call recording, I uploaded it to Gong, highlighted this section, and I sent it to the SDR and AE on this, this large account. And I said, Hey, here's the exact person you want to talk to. Basically, spoon feeding back to us the value we can provide why don't you use this to reach out? And so she, the SDR did and she did, she got the meeting. It was an enterprise deal. So it took, uh, I think around, you know, six to eight months, took a little bit of time, uh, but they ended up closing for over a hundred thousand dollars, you know, pretty sizable nice. investment. And so did that ever show up on a dashboard? No, you know, we don't have, we don't have attribution for, was get, you know, was a was a prospect, a guest on the podcast, but you showed this, you know, you, you showed the, uh, buyer journey in Salesforce to the CMO and you show, hey, we had this interview that started all this and you can track all that in Gong as well. That was an aha moment to say, wow, this thing isn't just building a brand. It's not just, you know, the right thing to do, which I think a lot of content marketing kind of gets put in that bucket of like, you know, it's the right thing to do, but it's really hard to, to measure. And was like, wow, we're actually getting hard ROI and ARR out of this channel.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is the ultimate result is marketing source revenue. So that's very cool. Um, and that's a good point, too. You can't track everything, um, but track what you can. And then if you know, these things are working, then these other things are probably happening as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing is, I mean, we're very active on LinkedIn. And so uh, as our salespeople, our audience, and so we get anecdotal messages or comments or posts, someone saying, Hey, I listen to, you know, I'm a sales leader, here are the three podcasts I listen to. And when Reveal makes that list, I mean, that's, that's huge, right? Someone unprompted is saying, I love your content so much. I'm going to go post online and other people in their network are obviously going to see that and hopefully listen. And so that's like, you know, if you just provide really high quality engaging content, it takes time, but you will start to see those, those posts, those shares online. And whether it's a positive post like that or a negative one, um, my theory is like, you know, there's another 10 people that agree with that. You know what I mean? If someone's bashing you, it's probably probably a real thing. And, you know, for the most part, not always. You know, not always. We all know that's not always true on the internet. But for the most part, if someone's complaining, there's probably other people who ran into that issue or felt that way and didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, you know, the positive side as well.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Well, that's actually how I found you guys in the first place. I mean, it was one of your customers was going on and on about how great you guys were. And I was like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> so that's always good how that works. Yeah. So I I really love that your show has two hosts um, and your co-host Sheena is just great. Um, the interaction adds a really a lot of energy to the episodes. Can you share a little bit about how you collaborate together in planning and production?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Um, I'll mention there's a, there's a bit of a dream team behind us as well. I think it's easy, you know, whoever has the microphone, they assume they do all the work, but that definitely isn't true. Um, Sheena and I got it launched together. And our thought was, you know, she's the category designer. She's a senior leader at our company. Uh, she's fantastic fun fact that she doesn't always love I share but it's is so adorable is like she wanted to be a news anchor as a child that was like her goal uh, so I always tell her I'm like you were made for the limelight it was just a matter of time uh, <laughs> yeah. but, there. but she's fantastic and um, and then I've been in sales but I've never led a sales team before right so I'm not really, you know I, I would report so to speak to our our core demographic for the podcast but I'm not one of them so we thought hey let's you know, we get along great. We were sitting by each other at the pod for a few months before this thing kicked off. Um, we had a shared vision for what we wanted to do on this channel. And my other thought is like, you know, when you listen to your favorite podcasts, there's a million different reasons, right? It could be more educational. It could be more uh, entertaining. But, you know, one of, one of my favorites is um, Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard and Monica Padman. I'm not sure mm. if you're familiar mm-hmm. with that one. Um, the fact that it's a white guy and an Indian woman has nothing to do with that fact that that's the same demographic of Sheena.
0: And <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> but
1: but the, the point is, even when they're not talking to a guest like Matt Damon, there's a really fun interaction and energy and you find yourself very invested in them too and enjoying that conversation about uh, the main conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, if I enjoy this, other people probably will too. And so, yes, the interview format is meant to inform, right? It's meant to provide value, but why can't we add some entertainment element there? So that was kind of the, the mindset around why. Um, in terms of kind of the production stuff, um, you know, I, I do what I'm great at, um, and I find people who are better <laughs> at what I'm not so great at. So, you know, we have an, we have an editor uh, who freelances for us to help us do the, you know, chopping up the, uh, the actual audio, but um, Jordan Feist on my team, uh, who's a senior content marketer, uh, she ran she runs the show as of a couple months ago and so she's done a great job just making sure you know we have a very clear list of um, potential guests you know we do some outbound uh, along with the inbound interest that we get we make sure that we're balanced between uh men and uh, our male and uh, females on the show and people of color like making sure the uh goals there we're meeting because we want to make sure that you know the people we're giving a platform to aren't just all white guys, right? Because we know that that's mm-hmm. potentially, you know, not potentially is exactly the majority makeup of the sales uh, community. right? And so we want to make sure we're giving other people a platform as well. So that's a big part of it. And then, you know, we, we just align, you know, kind of monthly on like, okay, what is our content theme this quarter? What are the stories we really want to tell? Um, and we're just really you know grateful and, lo- and lucky, I guess, to an extent that we have a lot of people interested. So we kind of get to pick and choose, you know, who do we want on the show and and what story do we want them to tell?
0: Nice. Yeah. And I really feel like, you know, you have taken it next level with making it interesting and entertaining as well as educational. I think that's so important, especially now that there's so many more podcasts is, you know, how can we actually make this interesting? (laughs) Yeah. So you guys have done that. So that's great.
1: Thank you. I, I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. What would you say is the most important thing to get right to win regular listeners? I know this is a question that a lot of um, teams have, especially as they're first getting started. Like, you know, how are we going to get the word out beyond, you know, to our customers?
1: Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot that goes into a podcast. It's, it comes down to two key things. Um, The first is I'm really big on consistency. Um, If people tune in to reveal, if they're going to subscribe we, we release on Mondays. So they're expecting, you know, however many people that might be, they're expecting a new episode Monday morning. Maybe it's, you know, during their morning commute when we are doing that. Uh, maybe it's their afternoon walk. Maybe it's while they're doing dishes that evening, who knows? But if we've earned their trust and attention and they're bought in, we need to deliver every single time. Because if we don't, you know, if you go to that new episode and it's not there, well, they still have that 10, 20, 40 minutes and they're going to find another podcast. Maybe they find another podcast and they stay there instead. And now they're the number one and reveals the backup. And so, you know, as a marketer, you have so much, uh, you put so much time and energy into these things. I believe in capitalizing on all of that. The other part is we were, we were just talking about it is the content quality. And I think a lot of, you know, marketers feel like they have to be the expert. They have to be the best at providing this, you know, wh- whoever they sell to, finance managers or, or you know, I don't know, uh, chief people officers. Like we have to have the best insight for them. But if you over-index on informational and you know you don't put enough effort into the entertainment, you're kind of asking people to, like go to class, like to go to school, or right. even like hardcore learning. But people don't want that. Like you know, look at how we consume content on you know Netflix, Hulu, whatever. We in America love entertainment. They're like you know, almost too much in my opinion. Like we just really value that. And so instead of trying to be this like expert thought leader all the time, you know, build some, you know, add some personality to it, add some entertainment value, add some fun, mash that together. And that's what will keep people coming back and sharing.
0: Right. Right. And if you can differentiate it, um, you know, then why not? Why wouldn't people listen? (laughs) So, Yeah. yeah, very cool. So is there anything else that you'd like to share that maybe I haven't asked about, haven't given you the opportunity um, to talk about?
1: When you give me a mic and an open-ended question like that, I can probably double the length of this interview, but I won't do that. <laughs> um, no, I would say it's like, you know, and this is my point of view, right? So this is the, the platform I stand on is like, you know, most B2B marketing doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, it's because it's not effective. It's not hitting the goals that you had. Uh, set out for, or it's not engaging enough uh, for some of the reasons, you know, we we just talked about. And so, you know, what I'm really doing outside of just building it at Gong is helping evangelize content strategy, right? A lot of people have content marketing, but it doesn't work or it's disjointed because they don't have content strategy, a core why and a how. Um, And so that's what I, that's what I believe. And so as a result of that, I created a weekly newsletter called the content strategy reader, uh, fun fun pun on my last name. I'm a, I'm a dad and now I can't help but do dad jokes. Um, <laughs> but it's it's me just wanting to give back and share like all these content creation tips and things I've learned and, and how I'm building content strategy. So if anyone wants to sign up, if you're interested in it, um, you know, it's delivered every Saturday. I promise it takes less than five minutes to read and uh, it's completely free.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and what is the link to that? I'll include that in the show notes.
1: Yes, it's a newsletter dot the reader dot co uh the reader is is r-e-e-d-e-r like my last name Uh, and if you're wondering why dot co i started about four years ago and dot com was significantly more expensive so i was like i'm gonna go dot co and save some bucks
0: right (laughs) awesome well yeah we'll definitely include that in the show notes um so people can check that out i'm sure it's amazing Well, thank you so much um, for all of these insights. This has been super, super exciting for me, you know, as I am doing this podcast. And I know that um, other SaaS companies are really going to benefit marketing teams um, because I know that podcasting is a really hot topic right now. More people are getting interested as they see um, the results that you can get with it. So thank you.
1: Of course. Of course. I hope this podcast about podcasting was helpful. Um, If folks want to connect with me, I talk about sales and marketing on LinkedIn pretty frequently. I'm pretty active over there and, uh, you know, happy to answer any questions or bounce ideas for, uh, you know, if you're thinking of creating a podcast or want to take it to the next level.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'll include a link um, to your LinkedIn profile as well
1: fantastic all right well i appreciate it thanks for hanging out with me i love talking shop
0: yeah thank you Devin. this is great all right i hope you enjoyed that conversation with Devin. very grateful to him for sharing his time and insights with us and happy podcasting. Um, be sure to check out the show notes at ideallymarketing.com slash SAS podcast, all lowercase, all one word, where you'll find key takeaways and the links that we mentioned in the episode. I will see you next month with another conversation about what's working now in SAS marketing.